Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local and you'd like to join in on our discussion today, we would like you to dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, 800-366-8883. If you have a question, a praise report, a prayer request, a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. Again, outside Las Vegas, please dial 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website, and their call numbers are 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. And their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello, and Pastor Terry and I are waving to you right now. And if you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we strongly encourage you to go to Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. Again, www.savethelostlv.org. Just look for uh, the weekly radio archive. Select onto that. You'll see any date that you've missed that you'd like to listen. The gospel is always free on our watch. Uh, we've been doing this for a while, so feel free to listen and encourage someone else to go there, too. If you have an um, Apple device, you can also go to iTunes, and we are being archived for free as well on iTunes. Most of us have a cell phone. I strongly encourage you to write down this number, and I'm going to give it to you twice. It's 605 605- Three one three zero six three zero. This number is how you can listen to KKVV uh, any time that you want, and you can listen to Save the Loss at uh, all costs right now. Again, that number is six zero five three one three zero six three zero. Uh, Pastor, I would like to be able to say hello to you. How are you, man of God? Some say, uh, you know, Pastor Joe or Pastor T. He's always Pastor Terry to me. So, how are you, man of God? Great, great. Had a great worship experience this morning, and uh, so uh, I'm doing great. You know, I have my challenges over the night, you know, tossing, turning, up mm-hmm. and down, mm-hmm. but uh, God moved in a mighty way uh, this morning, and I had a tremendous worship experience. Of course, today was, uh, you know, communion and yeah. Just uh so some people know that as first Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. Right, right. And just had a, a awesome experience. All right. Well, Pastor, I know you had an announcement to make, so I definitely want to give you an opportunity to make that announcement. Amen. And then we're gonna uh get into our topic. Well I w- first of all I wanted to speak to 
the listeners in the community and those who may be visiting our city this month on the 24th, we are having a community barbecue where we're feeding anybody who comes. We'll be feeding them, and we have an extensive menu. I'm going to be overseeing it. Uh, I know the food is going to be awesome, but I believe the fellowship is going to be even greater. We just want to make a statement that we are ministering to the community, and that location will be New Bethel Baptist Church. The address is 400 West Adams, but that's the front entrance of the building. On the east side of the building is D Street. So it's right at D Street, just north of Washington. And actually the following day, that Sunday on the 25th, we'll be celebrating the 70th church anniversary. And I want to invite people. There's going to be a celebration at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then there's going to be one at 3 o'clock. We got preachers coming from Philadelphia and from Houston. And so the pastor there is Pastor Charles E. Marshall. Um, a humble man of God has, in my opinion, demonstrated that he has a heart for the people of God. He has a heart for the community. He wants to reach the lost and he's allowed me to become a part of that family to help him to carry out that mission, and I appreciate that. Well, they can also uh, catch you on Tuesday nights at that wonderful house of worship, Absolutely. Right? We do Bible study from 6 to 7. You're going to be learning biblical doctrines, definitely systematic theology. If you don't go to Bible study wherever you worship, if you're not a worshiper, uh, it doesn't matter. I want you to come and sit in on one of these action-packed, uh, depth and weight Bible studies and see what God will reveal to you. I guarantee you he's revealing himself. He's revealing his word and the theology of the word, uh, Christian ethics, the whole gamut. You come, learn about God, learn who he is how he operates, and then what he expects from us. And I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I totally overlooked that, but we want to reach as many people as we can because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be reaching people for for Christ. And and, and the name of this show is Save the Lost at All Costs. Now, you don't have to be a member to partake in the Bible study, correct? No, ma'am. You you know, anybody who comes, the door is open. No, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we, we, we're not taking membership tickets, we're not checking membership tickets, and we're not charging. Amen. Amen. Well, Amen. praise God. Well, uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, I'm over at Tony's house, Pastor. You know, I've Amen. been doing the Bible study for those who right. uh, are Well, on the 24th, walk, are I, want you to bring, I want you to bring all of those Psalm, people Psalm over there to eight. eat. Amen. Yeah, we'll be we'll be serving around noontime. Uh, I will definitely let them know. So, um, Pastor, um, we are talking about children and disenfranchised grief. I went to a grief sem- seminar on uh, Wednesday, and it was uh, revelatory. And it caused me to uh, do some self-reflection mm-hmm. because it was mainly for those of us who are uh, working in hospice, who are chaplains, um, you know, who work in hospitals, who, you know, work in treatment centers, and, um, you know, even those who are clergy. It was more for us 
to right, make sure right. that we are able to be more effective in giving uh, comfort. Right. And so I appreciate that every time you have an opportunity to sharpen your sword and to see people, you know, where they are, uh, I really encourage you that uh, training and discipleship is an ongoing thing. Absolutely. And sometimes it, it, you have to go outside your um, denomination as far as your local body mm-hmm. to see when people come into your community to offer this. So um, the particular person who was given the um, uh, lecture or seminar, if you will, is the foremost leading authority uh, in the globe on uh, death and dying. Mm-hmm. His name is Alan D. Wolfelt is spelled W-O-L-F-E-L-T. And so um, he is a certified grief counselor. He has a Ph.D. in it, but he gets calls from every people. I mean, all over, you know, news people, uh, clergy people, non-clergy people, um, countries, if you will, states, attorney generals, um, mortuaries, you name it. Anybody that has to deal with death, uh, they call him. But the thing is, he said, grieving, if you will, does not always involve a body. Yeah, that's deep. So the Greek word that I want to give, and then we're going to get into it, is uh, it's uh, lupao. Lupao. L-U-P-E-O, and it comes out of Strong's 3076, and it means to make sorrowful, to affect with sadness, cause grief, to throw into sorrow, to grief, offend, and make uneasy. Another word that we'll see in the King James Version is heaviness. Mm -hmm. So that's what that uh, word means, and I just thought that was, you know, powerful because sometimes uh, our losses don't involve a body. Amen. So um, the disenfranchised grief, if you will, is a term that was coined by uh, a grief researcher named uh, Ken Duka, D-O-K-A, about 20 years ago. And he defines disenfranchised grief as grief that persons experience when they incur a loss that is not or cannot be openly acknowledged, socially sanctioned, or publicly mourned. Wow, that's powerful. So he suggests that this can happen for a number of reasons that for the most fall into one or sometimes more of the following categories. The loss isn't seen as worthy of grief. Uh, A X, a non-death loss. Uh, The relationship is stigmatized. Uh, A partner, uh, say, in an extramarital affair. Mm -hmm. The mechanism of death is stigmatized, suicide or overdose death. Pastor, we know about that, right? Amen. Uh, the person grieving is not recognized as a griever, a co-worker, an ex-partner, or uh, the way someone is grieving is stigmatized, the absence of an outward grief response or extreme grief responses. Um, you know, crying too much. Um, you said something that struck me there. Because not not showing up to events. You know what I mean? A yeah. person that is is basically going into themselves. So um, I wanted to give some examples of what disenfranchised grief and loss is. But, Pastor, you had something you wanted to no, say. No, I just wanted to acknowledge that both of us have experienced the loss of a sibling yes. by overdose. And yes. So. And also... Um, 
I have two brothers. One was older, who's gone to be with the Lord. That's who was a death by suicide. And we didn't find out until he um, had uh, transitioned to be with the Lord six months after his death. So that was overwhelming because we were still dealing with uh, the transition of my pops, uh, Fred Thompson, Amen. who you eulogize. Amen. So, you know, you, you're dealing with one and boom, another one hits you. Right. And then, uh, also we couldn't find out any information because of HIPAA laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't written on his, uh, emergency contacts in reference to the hospital. So subsequently, uh, we did not claim the body, uh, at the mortuary. So the mortuary could only talk to the person who actually claimed the body from the hospital. So basically the information we were able to find out, uh, was, was public, Limited. was public, yeah. uh, whatever we could see on the, right. on the internet in reference to an obituary. Right. But could get no information, could not talk to anybody, and we had to go to another state in order to, um, get a death certificate. And basically that was it. And, um, you know, my mother, you know, gave birth to her first child, uh, when she was 19 years old. And this is it, and this is my, you know, my brother. But, Pastor, you were kind enough to let us come to Community Bible Fellowship Church, and we were able to have a celebration of his life to make sure that it had meaning. Sometimes, uh, Pastor, we have to be cognizant of the fact that we have to be able to say goodbye when we go into another season. So we had already said hello because he was a son and a brother, but it was very hard to come up with the proper goodbye because of everything that had happened. But we as believers were able to do that. So I appreciate your care and um, the wonderful, um, you know, fellowship that we had and how much uh, and how important it is when you are in a family of believers. So I, I received that, and I want you to know, so I, I thank you You pointed you for that. out a significant aspect when you were talking about the grief that occurs, and often there's not a body, mm-hmm. you know, and I think about that. You know, by the time you found out about your brother and for your mother to find out about a child she brought into the world, although he was an adult, Still, to find out much later down the road, once everything is said and done, you know, is, I think, is devastating. Well, she was in a new season of widowhood. Yes, yes. So She she just had buried her husband. Just had buried her husband. So, you know, 42 years of, you know, a wonderful marriage, and uh, he died uh, uh, of a a painful cancer. Right, right. Pancreatic cancer, uh, I don't have to tell you, Pastor, you're my family, you've been there, you were in the room when uh, my dad got the diagnosis. Yep. So uh, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, and uh, we even went to another state to uh, interm him. So, And you gave the eulogy. So again, thank you, Pastor. Uh, I, in every area of my life, I see you, so thanks for showing up. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And my God name. gets the glory. All right. Well, praise God. I want to just give a couple examples of different franchise grief and loss. And, and we're talking about children today as it relates to children because November, Pastor, uh, is the month that's set aside for uh, children's grief awareness. And a, and a child said this, 
And uh, I have this on the website. So if you go to our website and you look under the header of health, wellness, and recovery resources, you'll see this. We have so many resources on the website. So, again, it's Save the Lost lv.org but check it out but it says uh what this child said pastor sadness is big when you're small Mm. and another one says you grow older than you are this is from two children and uh that really uh resonated with me because uh, i definitely would say amen to both of them so we have death by suicide, Pastor, a death by a drug overdose, uh, infertility, a loss of a home. We talked about a death of a sibling, death from HIV or AIDS, death by homicide, mm-hmm. uh, loss of a Been job. a lot of that lately. Uh, a loss of a job, moving or a loss of a community, uh, dying uh, from childbirth, uh, never knowing who your mother was. You have no memory because, you know, they died so early. So you have to listen to people Mm -hmm. tell you about who your mom was or your father was or somebody else was. And sometimes, Pastor, they don't always say nice things. Right. And the child has this that they have to live with. Like I said, we're talking about from a child's perspective. But this is real in reference to uh, disenfranchised grief. Um, Somebody who has run away, Pastor. And, uh, you, you don't see them or people make up, you know, uh, somebody's incarcerated and they just tell you they're working away Amen. and, and a cat and a child doesn't know what's going on or how about separation uh, due to foster care. My dad, uh, mother and father divorced, uh, my, my, my natural father, uh, we talked about my stepfather, which there's no step. I just had two fathers. Amen. 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 So my natural father, uh, he was placed in a reformatory. Uh, as a child of color, mm-hmm. which he had to fight off rats and other children mm. and protect his brother because there were three children and the mom could only take care of one. And so the other two, which was my brother, excuse me, my father and his younger brother had to go into a reformatory until their father was able to uh, make enough money to uh, get them out. Wow. So, you know, he always had great pain about his childhood and didn't, you know, like to talk about it. Uh, you know, a grief uh, following uh, a traumatic brain injury. Uh, I have a dear friend that uh, was in a bad car accident. So his life was one way and it was a work accident. Mm-hmm. And then he has this accident. Uh, he's living, but he can't remember. And mm-hmm. subsequently, uh, he, he lost his job. You know, he got workers comp. You know, he, he's gone a, a medical retirement, but pastor, he mourns his life mm-hmm. as it once was. Uh, so, you know, these, these are some things and uh, imagine having a parent or a caregiver and now they can't explain to you, you know, with the traumatic brain injury. And how about this, Pastor? Uh, you had a caregiver that was also your molester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's and, a and, tough and, one. And they died. And subsequently, people knew about it, but, you know, they don't want to acknowledge it. Or how about uh, we talk about, you know, the loss of a job? Uh, you know, Pastor, uh, I know that you had a thriving um, uh, church. 
and then you have some, you know, health issues that come uh, on you. Amen. And so you can you can understand that. Absolutely. But, but what about a child uh, who had a pastor that was the friend? Yeah. And now the pastor is not as available as much as he was. Well, the child said, well, I loved him. Yeah. You know, and you had children. You had a lot of children coming to uh, the house of worship, and I'm sure uh, that affected them. So, you know, these are are some things and loss of your hopes and your dreams for the future. I mean, look at the people in Florence, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Look at the people at Katrina. Right. Right. You know, it's it's totally different. You know, if we can, um, you know, just use some things like that. And these are children who are dealing with this. And, you know, another thing, uh, uh, a child said, nobody's talking to me. Mm -hmm. They see all this stuff going on. They hear all this stuff, but nobody is coming talking to the child. So, Pastor, I want you to jump in here and then we're going to go to some scripture. Okay. Amen. Amen. So I think we have a dynamite topic today, don't you? Yeah, you know, what took me back. You know, I've thought about some experiences that I've had as an adult. Of course, um, the queen of my life, Desiree. Uh, We've been married uh, over 27 years. Amen. And during, I'd say, our midpoint in in our marriage, we decided to become foster parents. And I had grief over the foster children. Mm. that we had and there was just one child that when we got him he was 10 months old mm-hmm. his name was Jonathan Okay. and the bedroom we had him in you couldn't really see anything in the house because it was at the front of the house and there was a like a hallway that led to the bed to each bedroom and it was three bedrooms on that side and I would come home from work and I would come through the garage Mm -hmm. not through the front door of the house but through the door that led to the house from the garage and the minute I would come through that door that child would yell out dad dad now he was 10 months old when we got him Mm mm-hmm but in the amount of time we had him, and, and, and he started to calling me dad mm-hmm. probably a month and a half into us having him. I mean, he was just a pre-toddler. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to adopt. My wife didn't think that God was calling us to adopt. But when that child was taken out of our home because there were some folks that wanted to adopt him and he, mm-hmm. and he did get adopted because okay. his natural parents lost their parental rights. Okay. Uh, it was a while, maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. that I would, you know, mention, I wonder, you know, how Jonathan is doing now. Mm-hmm. And that little boy stayed on my heart you know, and even now in addressing this topic today, you start talking about these various different things that causes this disenfranchised grief, uh, 
grief, mm-hmm. and I start thinking about that that kid. I wonder wow. where he is now because now he's probably in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, and the time passes, and you, you think about where is that person? Where are those people? We had two. Young ladies, one was seven and the other was 11 when we got them, and they were sisters. And the seven-year-old actually witnessed her mother kill her father. Hmm. The 11-year-old was in another room when it happened. And I never forget the nightmares that the seven-year-old used to have. And they were on psychotropic meds, and we had to monitor their medication, make mm-hmm. sure they were taking it and all that. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. now you come up with this subject matter today, and I don't know if people out there listening realize how critical this is. Right. What's happening to our young people, and with all that's going on now in society, you can't go to school and not focus and be focused on learning without thinking about. Who's bringing a gun to school today? Well, Pastor, also um, during the seminar, the speaker talked about there was a time that people wore mourning clothes. And you knew if a person was Was dressed a certain way that they were in mourning. Amen. And you would be able to go up to them and say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Right, right. Who died? You could tell automatically there was a period uh, that there was a word uh, melancholy was used. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that word anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of young people don't know what that means. But it has to do with, you know, your state of grief. Mm -hmm. You're not feeling, you know, so well. Mixed mixed feeling. Yeah, spiritually. You know, you're not feeling so well. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling melancholy. And people understood that. Right, right. And they're like, well, what can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. What can I do to lift your spirits? It was okay. And then he talked about um, there was a woman that was 102 years old, and she went to a, a funeral. And she got very mad at the pastor. And uh, she said, I'm here to see the guest of honor. And there's nobody here. And the person was 97 years old. And she said, I want to say goodbye to my friend. How come you don't have a body here? Mm. And so uh, he was saying that for some people, they need to have a body. Mm-hmm. They want to properly say goodbye. And sometimes uh, when people elect to have cremation, they can still have a wake. Amen. Where you can spend time. You know, with the person before, you know, the, the final right. step is right. done. So a lot of people, uh, they need that. It helps them to be able to go backward because it's the, it's the looking over a person's life mm-hmm. before they can go forward. And sometimes there will be darkness, Pastor, sadness and sorrow before light can come in because Amen. that's how we communicate. Right. That's how we process the grief. With, with, with God. Amen. He he tells us in his word to cry out to him. Amen. Let him know how you are feeling. Now, I'm going to show us in scripture, and if we go to Genesis chapter uh, 4, and we're going to read the first 16 verses, and we're going to look at uh, a homicide, but we're also going to look how somebody cried out to God. Amen. 
even in the midst of them doing something, they still understood how much they needed God. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 4. And Pastor, uh, let's do the first 16 verses. Do you mind? Amen. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Okay. And my Bible says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Verse 2, Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Verse 5, But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and this countenance fell, and his countenance fell. Verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10, And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me, from the ground. Verse 11. So now you are cursed from mouth. Are you accursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand? 12. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Verse 13. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can be than I can bear. Verse fourteen Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. fifteen And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. In verse 16, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Now, Pastor, we got a lot of disenfranchised grief going on in these first 16 verses. Amen. Now, the thing that is pivotal to me is verse 13. Now, I have the King James Version, and the Word of God says, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. And he's talking about being banished from the Lord. Mm -hmm. See, he didn't argue about what he did to his brother. Now, he's the firstborn. 
Cain is the firstborn. And then Abel is 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 younger than him. So mm-hmm. he had a responsibility to look out for to, him. to look out for him. So when he says, Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So then you have to deal with the husband and wife, that dynamic. Because they had these children together. What kind of grief? Can you imagine? What grief could could, right. could you imagine? So you have relational grief between uh the married couple. Did you not know? Did you notice something? Was there anything, you know what I mean? Constantly right, right. playing this over and, and over again. And maybe blaming one another. Right. So there, there is some issue there. Then you have a brother who, uh, older brother is not even mourning the loss of his no, younger he's brother. concerned about his own state. No, no. All he is concerned about is being a fugitive and a right. vagabond. Okay, well, I can accept that. But he realized... Who is he without God? Amen. And that that was what it really came down to. Now, you know, crying out, the Bible instructs us to cry out. So we have to even understand, even in our most worst mistakes, even when all hell is broken loose, we still need to cry out to God. Amen. So, you know, this person, you know, Cain, he got it, Pastor. Because that was the most important thing, was his relationship with God. Amen. And he put it to the test by his own hand, by his own jealousy, by his own anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is what it can lead to if it's not checked. So, you know, this happened, it, it unfolded, you know, rather quickly, it would appear. You know, I, I can't really tell, but uh I would think that this happened in a very, you know, uh short period of of a time span. Right. Well, they weren't grown. Right. But these are children, Pastor. I I believe um, uh, possibly uh, adolescent to middle teen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can you imagine being that angry and that jealous and to to, uh, plot to get your brother to come out so that he would, uh, he trusted him. Amen. There's no reason for him to question him. Right. So the thing is, Pastor, uh, another form of disenfranchised grief is that we find out people are not who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he found out moments before he was killed. But sometimes people don't even realize the anger that's in them, that they act out in such a way that they had no idea and, you know, I don't know why the communication didn't happen between his parents. I don't think that's the issue here. I don't think that's what God really wants us to get out. It's that in the worst of times. I believe that cr- that. Cry out to me. I believe that that is something that also happens when there is an abuse situation mm-hmm. and a child is being abused mm-hmm. uh, by a parent. But it don't always have to be a parent. A child could be being abused by another child, mm-hmm. one who is older or more aggressive. And um, that just brought to mind some of the, you know, things that I, I know happen when children are in foster care, or when they're wards of the state and they're being shuffled around from place to place and they're exposed to different uh, individuals and sometimes it is children, mm-hmm. uh, often it's adults, but mm-hmm. there, there are times when there are other children and they abuse others. And often it's because of the abuse they've suffered themselves. Mm-hmm. And so now it's 
coming out and they're acting out mm-hmm. and it's against someone else. Well, also, Pastor, we see here where the, the, the instruction is given and he realizes, even as a young person, even as a child, if, if you will, the importance of speaking to God. Mm-hmm. How many of us are teaching our children to have a relationship with God very young, especially when something like, you know, this happens? Hopefully it's before something like this happens. But I, I believe that Adam and Eve are in constant communication with God. Amen. All, all the time. I, I haven't seen where the fellowship was broken, even when uh, they acted in sin. They still recognize God for who he was not for what he did and the importance of having a relationship with him now more than anything. Well, I believe that the interaction was more between God and Adam Mm -hmm. because God had appointed Adam the federal head. He was the law keeper. He was the one that was going to enforce the law, which he really failed in doing that because Mm -hmm. had he really been enforcing the law he would never stood by and allowed the serpent to dupe and con his wife and then he would have never switched roles because you know when you read the story when you especially when you read in chapter three Mm -hmm. you see that it says that she gave to her husband with her when she ate the fruit that Mm -hmm. she gave with to her husband with her and so they switched roles and adam became the follower and she became the leader Mm -hmm. because he followed her example, when he should have been upholding God's law, and God's law was, don't eat from that tree. Mm-hmm. So we, we see a lot that happens. You know, it just actually takes me to another issue that we're dealing with in our society today. And we've had a lot of this going on right here mm-hmm. in our community where the Clark County School District, one of the number one issues they're dealing with is bullying. And there are kids who actually go home and commit suicide because they've been bullied Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. And it just began to bring out these issues when you're addressing something like this. And I don't think that we ever just come upon this by circumstance or by happenstance or by accident. Mm -hmm. It takes someone who attentively addresses issues like this to bring it to our attention because I don't believe that we really that conscious about Mm -hmm. what we're dealing with today. But see, what was important is God is constant in this situation. Amen. See, that's the thing that's not changing. And I have some scripture to share uh, in in relationship to that. And circumstances happen, Pastor, that we have no control over, that we don't even see coming. Uh, Sometimes there's something known as anticipated grief. And I would have to say, uh, in both my father's cases, uh, God prepared me and allowed me to see them. The, the, the dying was a slow process. Right. And so I was able, you know, to, to prepare. And I appreciate that. You know what I mean? But still, it's a loss. Amen. And, and you have to deal with it. But I thank God that it was in little doses. So that when it actually came, and I can only speak for myself. Uh, there was sadness, but there was more relief. There was more joy than right, anything. Right. And that was the thing that resonated with me is that they're at peace. There's no more suffering. It had ended. So, yes, there was sadness. But the incredible thing for me, how I was lifted, uh, was that uh, they were on their way to start their life with the king. Amen. Amen. So that's what worked for me. But here, Pastor, 
God was present in the most heinous type of situation amen. that we can imagine. You know, when Jesus, Isn't he present today, though? A- amen. He's present. So the thing is, is that uh, I want us to go to Psalm 73, and I know you said you had some scripture. Well, I, actually, I'm, I'm just too ahead of that, but you, you go there. But okay. before you do that, I yes, want to mention, here this past week, an 11-year-old girl studying in the kitchen right with her mother mm-hmm. and apparently her sister was present as well and then gunshots ring and bullets fly through their window and hit her she's minding her own business in her own home and you've got people firing into it and from what i understand it was the wrong house mm-hmm. What we see happening in our society today, it's ludicrous. Wrong house, right house, but just just that extreme method of trying to communicate, that's not effective at all. Wow. You're talking about what kind of grief is that family dealing with today? And, of course, I I don't want to call the name of the family, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm pretty sure people listening in the listening audience mm-hmm. watching the news they they know who it is mm-hmm. but it's it, it, it's just it's heartbreaking when you sit by i mean i felt for those people because here's a child minding her own business trying to study in her house mm-hmm. and get gunned down well the, the thing is pastor is that i pray uh, in the name of Jesus, that they have a relationship with the Lord. Yes, yes. And that they start talking to the children and asking the children how they feel. Right. How can, you know, let the children speak. You know, don't always be in a whisper campaign because children Absolutely. are feeling abandoned, they're feeling rejected, and somebody needs to go and sit with the children. You know, grief is uh, is about being a companion. Amen. On the journey, and uh, and a lot of it's us, a as children, have experienced it, and it doesn't necessarily um, deal with the death. But one in five children, by the time they reach eighteen, uh, the studies reflect in the United States, uh, they will have lost somebody significant to Amen. them. And so, you know, it's important. And uh, you know, the thing is, a lot of times, you know, be strong. You know, you hear, um, you got your whole life. Um, your mom or your dad, you know, loved you. And the thing is, is that how do we still have a relationship when we have to be able to explain to some children Mm -hmm. that, you know, fellowship is not broken because the body is not here. Right, right. And if we're not uh, instructing our children and not communicating with them and letting them to express themselves, they're going to miss it. And then they're going to have a bad connotation of who God is. And we as, you know, parents and as caregivers and as uh, teachers and preachers and comfort warriors, we have a duty and a responsibility. Amen. Because um, I want to go to Psalm 73 uh, and I want to look at uh, verse 23. And what does uh, the New King James Version say, Pastor? Because you said you're going to go to another psalm, too. Right. So read verse uh, 23 for us. Psalm 73, the New King James Version reads this way. Nevertheless, 
I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. See, Pastor, you said, well, where is God? It says where he is. Mm -hmm. You asked that question. Mm -hmm. Continuously, whether it's a child, uh, whatever age they are, God is right there with them. It's like where he's always been. So I wanted people, you know, to see that he was there at the time that that happened. Absolutely. And, you know, because some people say, well, where was he? He was there. Where he's always been. Right. And the thing is, is that it's important that, you know, children are able to emote. They're able to express what it is that they're feeling on the inside because grief has to deal with an internal expression. And until they're able to, you know, articulate what's going on internally, it's going to stop or uh, interrupt the mourning. The mourning is the public expression. So it's important that we have to go in before we can come out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have had interrupted grief. Uh, And so that's another uh, form of disenfranchised grief is when your grief has been interrupted. Uh, Sometimes, uh, Pastor, you just don't have a good relationship with your parents. That's a form of grief, especially when you see other people having a great relationship with their parents. I have often had it mentioned how blessed I was, you know, to have my mom and the type of relationship that we have. And, you know, I say I appreciate that. I received that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want them to know uh, my mother is available for them, too. And if they need to talk about some things, because, you know, my mother has lost both her parents. Um, You know, she's lost a child. Um, you know, she's, uh, been a widow. Amen. So, uh, my mother can speak to some things Amen. that I have yet to experience. <clears throat> so it's important that, you know, we open the door and let them know that in the wilderness, there's a lot of good work done, but we're still your companions on the journey. When you ask, you know, the question, when you, and you when said you, you got to go to some Psalms right, too, right? When you pointed out that I, I asked the question, where was God? Mm-hmm. It was, more of a statement, isn't God here? Amen. But there are people who will ask that question when unfortunate things happen. They want to know, well, where was God when this was going on? Sometimes people believe they've been abandoned by God or that they weren't important to God. And they don't realize. And then the question is, why would God allow this to happen to me? We can't always answer the question Mm -hmm. but what we can do is we can tell them that god absolutely cares for them and Mm -hmm. cares what happened to them Mm -hmm. there are things that happen that we can't understand on a human level and that's one of the things that we have to resonate with and we have to help people understand that there are often things that happen that we can't really explain We can't speak for God in every instance. But there's always a place you can go in the Holy Bible, in Mm -hmm. God's Word, Mm -hmm. where you can be confident. And especially when there are unfortunate events, a turn of events that transpire, and it causes this disenfranchised grief. And I'm looking at Psalm 71. Mm-hmm. And verse 1 says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. 
Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Verse 3. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to me to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. So, you said something earlier. We need to start while they're young, Mm -hmm. teaching them Mm -hmm. to look to, to call upon, and to trust in God. Mm -hmm. We must do that. Because when that happens, even when things happen that are unbearable, Mm -hmm. and in their estimation, unacceptable, Mm -hmm. definitely unwanted, Mm -hmm. There has to be someone they can call on, and that's not going to always be apparent because Amen. they're not always going to be there. Amen. So if we go to uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, we're going to look at uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, the disciples were his brothers. Wouldn't we agree? I think he treated them like brothers. They, they they were brothers. He treated them like kinfolk. Right. Well, the thing is, one of his brothers were going to betray him. Yeah. So, can you imagine he knew that? And some of them, when he told them about what was about to happen, they wanted to know, was it I? Is it, is it me, right. basically? Right. So, you can imagine, you know, the heaviness that's going on. So well, they, go- they wanted to know who who it was because right. it was going to make sure that they straightened them out. Right. But they were all <laughs> capable of doing it. <laughs> that's right. Because they all asked that. Amen. So we go to chapter 26 in Matthew, and I'm going to start about verse 37. And the Word of God says this, verse 37, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Remember we talked about that word that we gave Amen. earlier today? Amen. 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, mm-hmm. even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Mm -hmm. 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm. 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. 43. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Mm. 44. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. 45. And then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Mm. Pastor, this is... 
what it comes down to. And he's praying all the time in conversation with the father. We must teach our children, pastor, so that whatever befouls them, Mm -hmm. they will know that he is there. Amen. It's important. We have a great responsibility. Your children don't always need your anger that's going on for 20 plus years. You are not available to your child. Mm -hmm. When you try to rewrite history, your child needs you right here. Because they need to know that God is available. Amen. And that he's a loving God. And and if we're only giving anger, and if we're only giving silence, and silence, and rejection, and whispering, how can a child receive that? man of God. So I ask that our listeners do a reflection of their lives and see how they were treated and see how they are carrying on that disenfranchisement and make the adjustment. Amen. Absolutely. We can't change, but we can look at what has happened, make the adjustments. And so that we can begin the public mourning pastor. Right. You can't change what has happened. Right. So the thing is, is that uh, I want us to continue the subject, Pastor. We just started to scratch the surface. And uh, we will do a part two and go further. So we love you. God bless you. Save the loss at all costs. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.